Oh, for one last time. Second down on ESPN Radio. Coming to you on your airwaves. After this, nothing but a Viking funeral. PJ and I on a boat. Kevin's going to shoot the arrow. Flaming arrow. No, Kevin, not Jakaris. You don't have a dragon. Listen, man. You don't have the dragon's blood in you. You're going to be the guy who misses all the shots with the flaming arrow. I was going to say, I'm just looking forward. Who's the one one who's going to take the bow from him? Oh, Ben. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're right. So one last ride here on second down on ESPN Radio. Have a full show coming up for you today. We're not going to sit here and just reminisce the entire time because that's coming up for you a little bit later on 3 and Out. No, we have sports to get to here on second down. So we have a full slate of guests. We're going to be joined uh, by Brooks Austin of Dogs Daily on SI.com, guy who has been with us since the beginning uh, looking forward to having him on to talk some Georgia football. Uh, also, a special guest coming up in the next segment. I think we're going to wait. I think we'll use that one as a surprise. Uh, and then in the third segment, going to catch up with one of the founding members of this show, the guy who was on the board for me when we first kicked this thing off back in June of 2020, Cody Queen. Going to hop on here at 2.35. Uh, that might be a little bit of reminiscing, uh, but also going to join us for our picks because, uh, again, this is the last edition of Second Down. Usually we do that on a Friday, but, hey, it's a Wednesday. We'll get some picks in because we got Thursday football tomorrow, so it makes sense. Uh, and then in the final segment, make sure you stick around because we will be revealing who Kevin Thomas's favorite team is. And in beautiful radio fashion, <laughs> We're struggling to find Brooks Austin, and we're going to cook him for it. Wait a minute. Is this potentially the final yak? Or, I mean, that, that wasn't even on the show, so I guess I can't really say that. My bad. No, no, that, that's a three and out three. The, the yak, there he is. There he is. There he is. We're efforting. We, uh, listen, Brooks, <laughs> we, thought, we thought for a second there, oh, as we still have a... Uh, Oh my. The door's going on in the background. <laughs> oh, we thought for a second there, we were like, you know what? The most beautiful way to end a radio show would be for one of the guests to just a like no completely show? bail. So we're glad we're glad that we glad that we got you on, brother. I would think you're probably one of our longest running guests. I think the guy who's coming up next might might have you on that, but our, our longest recurring guest, and when I say that, it might sound really nice to the people out there listening, like, oh, that's cool, they're friends, they do that. No, it's I abuse Brooks. I'm like, hey, <laughs> uh, I don't feel like working hard today. Can you come on and feel, fill 15 to 20 minutes of time on my show today? That that was our relationship. So I appreciate you letting me use you uh, for the past couple of years. Yeah, I'm the gas bag. Your favorite gas bag calls to gas bag is what I was just told. So, so, yeah, it, thanks, it, gets very, it gets very gassy when you join the show. <laughs> but no, nah, man, I'm great to be here. Um, sad occurrence, sad day, but glad you you called upon me as you have for well, you're, you're the second down ran for what a, a year and a half is basically like COVID to now. Yeah, June of 2020 was our first show, uh, so we we kind of started right in the per- middle of perfect with, time with to no start. Sports. Why not? You know, yeah, you know, two months into a, a dead of a a span of is sports ever going to return? Yeah, let's start second down with Christian Gokel. Oh yeah, they, that's that was kind of half the thing was they were like, "Yo, there's not a whole lot of profits coming in right now from anywhere. This might be one. Are you willing to do it?" And I was like, "I mean, I guess, uh, but be 
under the don't be under the guise that I'm going to be talking a lot of sports because you know they don't exist right now. So yeah, we existed for the first like four months, prognosticating on when sports are going to come back, making fun of Kevin Warren in the Big Ten for folding uh, on football, pumping up the SEC for football, and then I think like a little bit of draft stuff. Outside of that, it was just a whole lot of rankings and, and, there was, and there was action also movie. That, there was also that time Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields banded together to save college football. Oh God, you I know. forgot about that. So yeah, we yeah, got there was that time. We were we were we came along at a great time for uh, sports radio during the middle of a pandemic when everybody realized everything's going digital. So that was outstanding. Uh, but that being said, Brooks, I told the people we're not going to sit on here uh, and make this a eulogy. We're not going to reminisce and, and just take people back because you know what? Everybody's fired up right now because their favorite team is playing either tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, or if you're one of those weird Florida State LSU fans uh, on Sunday. So everybody's amped up right now, doing the toe taps at work. Knees shaking, getting absolutely nothing done at the office because they're just so focused on this upcoming weekend. And I don't blame them whatsoever. So your purview, obviously, the Georgia Bulldogs there on Dogs Daily. In your mind, what's the most intriguing storyline going into this game? Because Kirby Smart has made no bones about the fact that he wants to play these games. They're marquee games. They put him in a national spotlight, uh, and he gets to show off his program again. But... This is a Georgia team that went through a lot of transitions this offseason. So what's your biggest storyline going into this? So, you know me, I, I break it down more of like a like more interesting to see like a football perspective, what's going to happen. Yeah. Like for me, not necessarily a storyline, more like a schematic emphasis that I'm watching. I, I'm paying attention to how in the heck are they going to use all these tight ends from Georgia. And on the other end, all I'm watching is 10 and 1. I think Justin Flo and Noah Sewell are Sunday guys, first-round draft picks, like going to play a long time at the linebacker position, and they're probably the best tandem of linebackers talent-wise in college football this year. So I'm watching them guys on defense, and I'm watching what Georgia is doing schematically with their tight ends, okay? And also trying to figure out, hey, like, who are the faces going to be in the receiver room outside of A.D. Mitchell and Lab McConkey Defensively, like, you're going to get a tough test from Oregon – I think offensively, like what they're going to do offensive, offensively speaking. Sorry, that was a lot. No, um, they're going to be a lot of like gap scheme and counter scheme, which means for a young defensive crew that hasn't played together and hasn't really started at all. You don't have a single career start at inside linebacker. Zion Log, no career starts. Jalen Carter, no career starts, despite how great he is. Okay, you're really young and inexperienced and you're about to go face an offense that you don't really know how to prepare for ex except for we think they're going to run counter a lot. We know they're going to run the quarterback a good bit, and they're probably going to have to throw the football. So, like, you're kind of game planning for a ghost. So, in, in terms of, like, what am I watching Saturday from Georgia's defense, what's your first, you know, kind of adjustment going to be midway through the second quarter when you actually identify what in the heck you're seeing from Oregon? All right, see if you can kind of follow me down this this train of thought. I, I'm not trying to say that it's just like elite kind of bookworm, amazingly smart train of thought. I think it's more of a I have a scatterbrain kind of train of thought. All right. Well so said. for Georgia and for Georgia fans, right, you are coming off of the dream season, right? You, you got to, like Reese Davis said, demons be gone. You beat Alabama. You won the national championship. And then it continued on. You have 15 players drafted in the NFL draft. You had to pump out your chest when you wore your Georgia polo, right? A dream season. Now I'm hearing what's next. I've seen rankings, which 
are unbelievable to me, but it's like Kirby Smart's the best head coach in college football. Georgia is going to be the best program in college football going forward. I think Georgia's getting a little ahead of itself where you can't focus on being Alabama right now. I think the next goal for Georgia needs to be, can you beat Clemson? Can you beat Dabo Sweeney and Clemson to where you are keeping your fans engaged? And, and in this sense, in this sense, not with weird pizza parties and slides in the locker room, Bruce, <laughs> I can see your face. I'm talking I was about, about to say, let, let the audience know yeah. that I made the face where, like, yeah. you just smelt rotten food up underneath yes. your I'm nose. Not, I'm not saying, like, act like Dabo or, again, anything to do with that program. I'm saying Clemson fans, since... Honestly, in terms of repetitive yeah, success since the end of Taj the Boyd, that is Alabama. But at the end of the season every year, they're, they're playing for something relevant, which 99% of college football teams are not. At the end of the year, Clemson is playing for something relevant almost every year. Like last year was 10-3, and three and it was a quote-unquote down year for Clemson, right? I think for Georgia, before you start talking about being Alabama, you got to start talking about can we every single year – be playing for something. And I think last year you got the national championship and a few years, the few years prior to that 2020 was weird, weird, but you were in the sec championship, right? Play, yeah. keep your fans engaged for the entire season. I think the storyline going into for me is you just lost a huge haul. Can you keep your fans engaged for the entire 12 game regular season? Because you're playing something in the postseason. So Clemson's got that thing going for them where they're in the ACC and they kind of just that helps a lot. Playoff. Yeah, so that certainly helps. I, I would venture. I would go ahead and go out on a limb and say that Kirby Smart has basically gotten Georgia already to the place where Clemson was in this sense. Those games, December 7th against LSU, that is a college football playoff appearance for Clemson. What is the difference? Georgia had to play them to get into the playoff because they had to actually play a competitive SEC championship game. That is an end-of-the-year, stakes matter. If we're going to win a title, we have to win this game, playoff atmosphere football game that you only win by winning the division. And Kirby Smart's won the division, what, five out of seven years? So, yeah, I, I would say Kirby Smart's gotten you there. The difference, the, 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 the next step is how do you beat Bama? Well, that's, that's been the thing every year. You yeah. finally got over him last year. How do you consistently beat Bama? I don't know. No one knows. <laughs> I don't, no one knows. If someone knew that, they'd be getting paid a lot of money. Here's the great news. You've put such a, 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 a disparity between you and Team 2 in the East that you're going to have a chance to play for a college football playoff this year, bar none, if you just handle your business. You can get thumped by 17 points in the SEC championship game against Alabama this year. As long as you got there 12-0, it don't matter. You're going to the college football playoff. So that that's the great news for Georgia. You've put such a wealth gap between you and the Floridas of the world, you and the South Carolinas of the world, you and the good Lord Kentuckys of the world. Everybody tells me that one every year. It's just the year for Kentucky, right? Maybe they make a run in this right. season. No, probably not. Um, there's such a gap that if you go do what you're supposed to do this year, if you don't have a 2019 South Carolina, if you don't have a 2020 uh, LSU or whatever the, the letdown games have been, under Kirby Smart. If you don't have those, you'll play for a college football playoff this year, no matter what. All right, Brooks, before we let you get out of here, I know you, before anything else, are a football fan. So as you're looking at this, which game outside of the one that you have to cover is the one you're looking forward to the most? Just to, you can sit there, observe it, and watch it. Daggum, Carrollton High School hosting Rome High, 11 Alive Sports, only place you can find it on Friday night. Your boy on the call. How about that? I mean, come on. 
So you can do that if you want to watch Brooks. I mean, listen, we're excited. God, I can't imagine what you're like in a box. That's like the the poor play-by-play guy is going to have a rough night. He's. I'm trying to get a word in edgewise with you. They throw they throw a new UGA student at me every week. It's some new student <laughs> that's calling his first ever game, and he's got to call it with me or her. She's got to call it with me every single week. I walk into the box and I just tell him, look. They didn't teach you for what you' about to go through. Okay, they did not teach you or prepare you for what's fitting to happen. Um, that, that but no, nah, man, I, I think uh, uh, the obvious answer is Ohio State Notre Dame. I, I think that's going to be at least uh, a pageantry game. I think when you think of college football, the great games, even if they're twenty point blowouts in the middle way through the third quarter, that game's going to be awesome because it's it's in the shoe, right? Yes. Where's that game at? No, it's in the shoe. Yeah. Because Ohio State dang sure ain't going and playing road big games. Oklahoma shouts out. Nope. Um, but, yeah, it's in the shoe. It's going to be nostalgic. It's going to be fun. So that, that's one that I, I was, won't be watching because I'll probably be doing postgame stuff Man, um, I was, inside the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I was really looking for a Arkansas-Cincinnati out of you. I'm a little disappointed here. But it, it is I what think it is. Jack State's got a grinder this week. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I think they got a tough one. <laughs> Brooks Austin, Dogs Daily on SI.com. Man, it's uh, it's been fun. Hopefully – we can kind of tie back together with some of the stuff we got going on in the future, man. But uh, as far as second down goes, as this comes to uh, its its finish line here, man, I, I, I'm really happy you were a part of it. Hey, shouts out to the whole ESPN Coastal crew. Uh, first first radio station to give me a shot. I did y'all's interview sitting outside of a Georgia Department of Transportation, uh, what they call a TIR meeting, okay? A traffic interruption report when I was working my day job three or four years ago. Um, I was nervous as all get out. And now we come on here and I chop it up with you guys as if we're friends. And I think that's what we are. As if we're friends, he says. There we go. A beautiful way to end it. Brooks, look, just putting us in our place. You're like, listen, he's like, I got enough friends. I don't need any friends. Hey, I still have a show. If you want to come on, you can. Wow. All right. All right. Brooks Austin, dogsdaily.com. I really don't think anybody does it better in terms of providing information that the Georgia fans want to consume. Brooks, I appreciate it, brother. We'll talk to you. All love. See you, boys. Second down on ESPN Radio for the final time. Presented to you by the Uniform Source. Really appreciate Brooks Austin hopping on with us there in the last segment. And listen, we're excited because college football is back. But there was a time, as we were talking about with Brooks, that we didn't have college football. And we didn't have NFL football. And we didn't have baseball. And we didn't have any sports to talk about whatsoever. And our next guest uh, was a big part of of getting us through that time uh, and talking about anything but sports. The former head football coach of the Savannah State Tigers and currently linebackers coach up there in Blacksburg at Virginia Tech, our good friend, Sean Quinn, kind enough as he always has been to take some time with us. Man, number one, it's good to see your face on the computer screen again because this this used to be the highlight of my week. I, I hope you're doing well, man. Definitely was the highlight of mine. Hey, good afternoon, brother from Hokie Nation. Good to get to one last hurrah with you here i'm wearing all black i guess that's appropriate today on the last day so um but uh all joking aside good to, good to see your face brother and appreciate all you guys did for me and uh all the times we got to enjoy especially during that covid craziness and uh got a chance to enjoy some talk radio and have some make light of stuff during a tough time so uh glad to be back with you getting ready for a game a little different surroundings got uh lane stadium here in the background somewhere here behind me but uh Pretty pretty fun times and uh, excited to go go play a game here this week. Man, I wanted to ask you about that because such a cool atmosphere. I remember coming out of COVID when 
everybody started filling the stadiums back up. Virginia Tech played a home game, and it was the first time we got to see packed stands, and they come out to uh, the Metallica blaring and the fans jumping up and down in Lane Stadium. I just I get goosebumps every time I see it, but that one was extra special, right, because it, we were kind of back to full-capacity college football. How excited are you when you guys get to kick off a home game to experience that running out onto the field in front of a packed lane stadium. Cause I mean that just as a college football fan has to be exciting. Oh, big time. And this is an unbelievable environment. Enter Sandman cranks it up and it brings a, in the spring game, we had about 45,000. They played it and uh, the hair was standing on the back of my neck and uh, I didn't even have any hair on a neck. That'll tell you how uh, exciting it was. So it's uh, just a neat atmosphere here, man. And these folks get after it. So we're looking forward to it home or away. They show up in force. So, you know, college football is a great thing, great energy. We've talked about it at nauseum uh, on these shows with you guys, but how much energy and just, you know, brings out the youth and everybody. Um, college, hopefully for most folks, was a great time in their life, and it's a neat time in these guys' lives. And, uh, man, Saturday nights here at Lane Stadium is pretty special. I know you have been a part of building things for a long part of your coaching career and none bigger than when you were at Savannah State, right, kind of having to build something from the ground up there and trying to leave it better than you found it. And you guys obviously did that, uh, not just in the win-loss columns, but just kind of in the structure of the program. What's it been like now? Uh, Brent Pride gives you the call, says, hey, I want you to come up and join me at Virginia Tech. When you're taking over with a new coach in his first year, you're having to build something there as well. What's that process been like for you? You know, it's been fun. It's been challenging. Ironically, our theme here has been ground up, and you just kind of alluded to it. Uh, it's been challenging, but you know, with the great thing here that, you know, at the division two level and some of the lower levels, you battle, you know, the resource commitment, all that here, there's full commitment on every, every level. They understand how important football is and what it means to the university, the alumni. And it's been fun. That's challenging. Like we've, we've got to do a great job recruiting and, you know, Christian coming in here, the cupboard wasn't completely full there, you know, totally new type of defense, uh, trying to get more athleticism and speed in here. And, uh, They've had such a great tradition with such a high bar, and for whatever reason, it slipped. And so it's been a challenge, but it's been fun, man. And just uh, kind of here, there, everywhere, we're recruiting this area really hard. And actually, I've got to Savannah area, and we're on some guys there, so that's exciting. And, uh, you know, but just trying to win back the state, not only from a recruiting standpoint, but just the fans. And uh, it's been a challenge, man, but Brent's awesome. You know, we work together at Georgia Southern, and he understands, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff that we do. We did under Coach Munkin, and just talking about the toughness the greatness running the football, playing great defense. And obviously, you know, Coach Pry made his mark not only at Georgia Southern, but at Penn State and Vanderbilt and other places with great defense. Frankly, that's what they had here in their heyday, and we got to get back to it. And so it's been fun. It's been challenging and uh, a different role, but a fun one. And, uh, you know, I take a part of Savannah with me everywhere I go. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I always coach and recruit, you know, for some of the guys that never got an opportunity to be at this level, whether it's a player never getting to play at this level or coaching and so I, I don't take this for granted. I'm very grateful to be at this level. Now, you're a guy from Chicago that moved to Savannah, right? So two pretty elite food towns, right? Chicago, we know about uh, actually kind of making a, a comeback, right? The the beef sandwiches are kind of making a comeback now from that show on uh, Hulu, uh, The Bear, right? And then, of course, yeah. Savannah with the just awesome coastal cuisine uh, that's around the coastal Georgia area that I know you enjoyed. So now oh. – yeah, now you're up in West Virginia. What's the cuisine like up there? Like, what's the signature dish uh, up there in Blacksburg? Well, we're in Virginia, so don't don't, don't mess the state oh, shoot. up. But, I don't know. Uh, Sorry, Virginia Tech. Know, I don't know. I'm, th I'm thinking of the no. backyard brawl tomorrow. I'm excited about that. So this, I'm I'm just all college football out. Virginia Tech. We, we excuse got, me. 
yeah, we got West Virginia here in a couple of weeks, but, uh, you know, the food here is really good. I miss uh, the seafood, but uh, I've actually got a little blog here I call Breaking Bread Hokey Style, and I, they have me preview places around the area. And there's some good we've, – we've got a coach on our staff named Cheetah, and so they've got cheetah wings here locally, which are quite good. But, uh, you know, just d- learning some new places, had some really good barbecue, really good steaks, but, uh, you know, missing that seafood and some of the coastal cuisine. But uh, Roanoke and Blacksburg area has got a lot of good food, so I'm trying to shed it. Yeah, getting on the bike every morning, but a tough job. So somebody's got to preview the food here. If anybody can do it, I, I believe I can do it. Now, obviously, jumping up uh, to one of the premier programs in college football has a lot of benefits. But I have to imagine going from Savannah to Blacksburg, one of the benefits was the humidity during fall camp. So what's what's that been like? That's got to be a little bit better, at least. You're in long sleeves different. right now. A couple mornings during camp, it was in the 60s in the morning. So that, we were talking about how hot it was. I was like. Bro, you have no idea. This, <laughs> None. Is, this is kids play compared to Savannah. And, uh, you know, I think I've coached at two of the hottest places in the world, and that's in South Louisiana and Savannah in August. Um, so everywhere else is going to pale in comparison. Um, you know, it's a different – it's beautiful here. It's it's a lot like North Carolina when I coached at Western Carolina as far as the weather. It's very season, very, very reasonable. There's not a lot of humidity, not much bugs. So that part's nice. Um, but it, it gets warm, but it's nothing compared to – what you get there in the cauldron on the turf at an early Saturday uh, morning practice at Savannah State. Now, you are one of the biggest experts we've had on the show and probably the most important subject we talk about, and it's not one that we take very lightly. Uh, action movies are probably at the core and the foundation of this show here, and I think you were on we talked, and I, I deemed before Predator to be the greatest action movie of all time. I mean, what other movie has two governors uh in it and just the cast and the quotes and just amazing from beginning to end so i'm curious with your busy schedule have you had a chance to see the i guess prequel to it that just came out called prey i have not and i haven't lost any sleep over not seeing it i you know once national treasure came out that was kind of my action movie and then uh i did the other night watch a, a bad movie i was disappointed in the new elvis movie colonel parker wasn't a good guy i learned so um, but, uh, I hadn't seen prey, been, been working on trying to be prey on some folks here and winning some football games. That's the so. most, that's the most football coach answer I've ever heard. Uh, but before we let you go, man, I know you work in an industry where, uh, kind of the news that we received not too long ago happens every single day, every single year, uh, to a lot of people. So I'm just curious, uh, for your advice, your words here, as we kind of go through a transition an unwanted transition here at the station you're a guy who's been there before and i know uh just in that industry people come and knock on your door and say hey this isn't happening anymore so for us and for other people who go through it what's kind of your experience and what's your advice well you know it's a tough deal i mean you guys have done a tremendous job i i I was sad to hear that uh because really for me it was for a lot of years living in that area great uh, station to listen to enjoyed the interaction and sad to see it go I guess my biggest advice I've always tried to say, do leave it better than you found it. And you can honestly say that you guys have really made the programs. there really elite. Um, and then walk out with your head held high and, you know, enjoy and remember the good things. I mean, life's going to have twists and turns. Something good will come out of this. And next thing you know, I'll be watching ESPN too, and you'll be doing a game somewhere in the Mac or something. So it's going to work out. I promise you, you guys, all you guys have been elite and they'll be good at what you do. And it'll just recreate, recreate itself in another deal. And, you know, I've just learned as you get older, you got to roll the punches, take the good with it and remember the good stuff. And, you know, every situation 
leads to something else good, and I'm guaranteeing a year you'll be in a good spot. Obviously, maybe doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now, but hopefully later on, good Lord always has a plan. He'll put you in a good situation, and like I said, you'll probably be on one of the major networks doing college football here soon, and I'll be watching you. Oh, we'll be watching you guys, John. I appreciate it, man. I don't. I'm not being hyperbolic when I say uh, you're just kind of intrinsically a part of the DNA of what was this show because for such a long time we we didn't have sports and you were just always so gracious with your time and just like I said, kind of became a part of the family and just another member of the show. So we wouldn't be where we are right now without you, man. So I appreciate you and I, I wish you the best of luck and I look forward to talking to you. I appreciate you, man. And I'll tell you from bottom of my heart, I enjoyed the heck out of that. That was something I look back super fondly as my time as head coach was getting a chance to do the shows with you guys. I always look forward to them and uh, you guys made it fun. And uh, that's part of this deal. You want to whistle, enjoy whistle while you work, enjoy while you work. And that was a fun thing. And man, good stuff ahead for you, brother. Appreciate you guys. And thanks for all you did and go out with a bang, enjoy it. And uh, good things are bound to happen in the future and go Hokies. Sean Quinn, former head coach at Savannah State, now with Brent Pry there at Virginia Tech, getting ready to kick off their season as they take on Old Dominion uh, to start a week one. Sean, I appreciate it, brother. We'll talk to you soon. See you soon, brother. Go Hokies. We got more to come here on Second Down. We'll be back after this. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel, alongside with you for one last ride here on ESPN Coastal. And our next guest, a guy who I started with a way long time ago in the way, way back in yesteryear and then was proud to have as my producer when we first kicked off second down in 2020, co-hosted Coastal Adventures with him for a long time and did a lot of rowdy things with him uh, outside of the office. So really excited for our next guy to join us for our picks. Mr. Cody James Queen, kind enough to take time out of his busy retired schedule Cody what did I interrupt did I interrupt shuffleboard did I did I interrupt bingo what did I, what did I interrupt actually you interrupted nap time nap time it was nap time oh, for yeah. Cody Queen Napping. it was about time to get up and go grab the kids from school so um just taking a mean nap actually it was kind of like one of those that like you get lost in the time and I wake up and I'm like dehydrated <laughs> and I'm like oh what happened oh I've been sleeping for four hours like Oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh PJ. Oh, yeah, hey, PJ's oh, here, hey, too. Hey, yeah, PJ's here, too, dropping in out of nowhere. All right, so we brought Cody on because, listen, we're going to end this thing like we ended most weeks uh, of the show during football season. We're going to go through and get our picks real quick. Uh, tomorrow, a bunch of big games. Uh, excited to kick off this college football season. I don't know if Cody could name three college football players right now, but, listen, we're going to do this, and typically what happens is we are the ones who are the quote-unquote experts. Cody watches negative five college football games a year, and he's going to end up beating us in the picks. So one more time, we're going to roll through and do that. Uh, really excited for tomorrow, 7 o'clock on ESPN. We get to renew one of my favorite rivalries, the backyard brawl between West Virginia and Pitt. This is a rematch of – or not even a rematch. This is a matchup of a couple of former USC quarterbacks going head-to-head -head here, and you're going to hear that repeatedly for the next 24 hours so just get ready for it uh jt daniels at west virginia and kadan slovis at pitt going head to head right now pitt is a seven and a half point favorite at home cody who you got i got pitt because they're rank higher nailed it there you go cody going with the team that's ranked higher that's the elite 
analysis you can only get from Cody James Queen. PJ, who you got? That makes complete sense to me, and uh, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you, Cody, in that sense. But I will go with West Virginia. I'm going to go with West Virginia. Yep, because I think I, I believe a lot more in JT Daniels and just his his ability and whatnot. I think he's going to have a really solid year, um, and I think they're going to start off with with him outdueling his former USC uh, quarterback, you know, teammate there, yeah. and and win that one out, win the bracket backyard brawl. Uh, I if you had to say who's the better of the two quarterbacks, and it's probably a push. I think Kadon Slovis is probably the better pro prospect, but we've seen JT Daniels be really good before. JT Daniels might be really good. West Virginia is really bad. And I think the only reason they're getting seven and a half or giving seven and a half points in this game and not more is A, it's the first game of the season. Yeah. And B, it's a rivalry game. So you always have a little bit closer point spread in games like that. I think Pitt's going to beat the hell out of West Virginia. Whoa. Yeah, it's not. I like Pitt's a more physical football team. They played in their conference, they won their conference last year. That's uh, upset city. And dude. yeah, you lose Jordan Addison and you lose Kenny Pickett, but I I think line of scrimmage. I think Pitt handles West Virginia. Uh, give me the Panthers in that one. All right, let's move on to Saturday. We'll start uh, in the noon. You know what? We're gonna start in the three thirty time slot. Uh, let's go Cincinnati Arkansas, number twenty three Cincinnati heading down to take on Arkansas, a team that was excellent last year uh, under Sam Pittman. KJ Jefferson's back. A lot of their defenders are back. Cincinnati lost a lot of NFL talent. Right now, Arkansas is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Cody, did he fall asleep again? I I like how what Cincy has been doing, obviously also Arkansas, um, but since he did lose a butt ton, I don't even know really the quarterback's name for since it was like Prater or something like that. I don't even know. I saw it on the freaking – on the TV the other day. So I know they lost a butt ton of talent. Obviously, uh, Ritter went to the Falcons. I think it looks pretty good there. But um, I like to get Arkansas. Arkansas is building a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a beast out there with the with the SEC West and everything else going on out there. So um, I think Arkansas, the way who they're having to play, and um, is is pretty good. So I'm I'm gonna do Arkansas. I'm gonna get them to cover the spread over. On the six and a half. Cody's rolling with Pig Suey. Who you got? There you go. I like it. Uh, I'll go with Arkansas as well. Uh, I think Luke Fickle is an insanely solid coach, and I think he'll prove why this year, but it won't be in game one. Uh, I think uh, just too much to recover from there at Arkansas with how much they got coming back in. Sam Pittman there at the helm. K.J. Jefferson, I think, has a huge game uh, here against Cincinnati, and Arkansas gets the win. I think Arkansas beats the hell out of Cincinnati. Yep. Uh, watch out for Jaden Hazel with the Oklahoma transfer to have a big game in this one as well because, again, you're going up against two new cornerbacks there uh, as Cincinnati had a couple of guys drafted really high this past year. So, yeah, Arkansas is going to roll. Uh, other 3:30 game, really important locally here, Georgia against Oregon. The number three Bulldogs are currently 17-point favorites over the number 11 Ducks. Former Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning is the head coach there at Oregon. Reports are former Auburn quarterback Bo Nix going to be the starting quarterback 0-3 in his lifetime against Georgia. Thought he could escape him? Must not have looked at the schedule because he is having to play that Georgia defense yet again. Cody, 17 points is a lot. You think Georgia can cover? Oh, yeah. Dogs going to beat him. Dogs going to beat him by like 21. Yep. All right, Cody rolling with the dogs. Yeah, no, absolutely. To, to take a term that you've said a few times already this segment, 
Georgia's going to beat the hell out of the Oregon. The hell out of them. Yeah, listen, I think Oregon might make it kind of funky for the first like half a quarter, right? Because you've had all offseason to prepare a script for them. It's a bunch of young guys, but I think once the young guys for Georgia get settled in, Jalen Carter starts mauling people up front. I think it's going to be a long day for Oregon in Atlanta. Quick trivia, and you can see more trivia like this uh, with Matt Smith's article on southernpigskin.com. When was the last time Georgia opened a season in Atlanta? Was it Boise State? It was not. I don't know. Kirby Smart's first year, 2016, when they took on North Carolina with oh, Mitch wow. Trubisky. Okay. Yeah. DJ's quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, slinging the rock around there for the Tar Heels. For this year. Yeah. All right, <laughs> let's go to 7 o'clock on Saturday. Number 7, Utah, heading down to the Swamp to take on one of Cody's teams, uh, the Florida Gators. Utah currently is a three-point favorite, which is fascinating to me because they're the number 17 in the country, playing an unranked team, yet they're only a three-point favorite heading into the Swamp. I think Utah's going to take this one. Uh, it's kind of a little chaotic down here. I am down here in Florida. It's a little bit of chaotic down here, what's going on with the new coach and everything like that. So I think Utah has got a steady thing going on out there. They are ranked number seven. It's kind of crazy how you only got a three points right here. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking Utah. Even if it's only by like a touchdown, I still think Utah is going to beat Florida. I think, I, I think Florida's going to go off number one game, lose, and everybody's going to be pissed off down here. Yep. I'm with you. I think um, I think Utah, sure, they lost a little bit defensively, but I think they're going to come back with that offense that they showed off a little bit in that Ohio State game and um, beat Florida. It's, it's going to be a close one for sure, but uh, I think they'll beat Florida there in the swamp, probably like 31-27, to 27, something like that. Well, now Florida's definitely going to win because I'm going to take Utah as well. <laughs> I just think it's too much for a young Florida team that, yeah, they, they've been able to do a little bit of recruiting, but for the most part has lost a ton of talent. I think Anthony Richardson maybe keeps this one interesting for the Gators, but Utah is a really good team. Oregon's the number 11 team in the country. Utah beat them by, I think, a combined 50 points within like a three-week stretch yeah. last year. So Utah is a really solid football program, and they got lucky, I think, a little bit that they moved this to a night game, whereas if it's Utah coming down to take on Florida in the swamp at noon, that might have been a different story. The Utes might have melted, uh, but they do get that one as a night game. All right, finally here, Notre Dame, number five team in the country, new coach there, Marcus Freeman. Uh, comes in to take over for Brian Kelly, and this is not a team lacking for talent, right? Taking on the number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State is a 17-point favorite in this football game. Uh, I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I do think Ohio State's going to win by like two touchdowns, but I don't think they're going to get uh, a 17 points completely over, like over them. But I think, dude, Two touchdowns, I think they'll get them, but I don't think they're going to blow them out by 17 points. They're going to blow them out anyways, but not by 17. All right. PJ, I know this one is near and dear to your heart, too, your favorite schools. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, just I uh, love both of them. Who you got? Uh, I'll be painting my face uh, one side red, one side, uh, you know, blue or green or whatever it is for Notre Dame. Gold, no, and no, then you I can be not. a Florida State fan, too. I absolutely will not. And nice. I used the wrong colors there on purpose. Get the All scarlet right. out of here. All right. Although, I will say... Ohio State's going to roll in this one. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be close for a little bit. I think they pull away in the second half. Um, they show some of those signs that we talked about um, earlier in the week, Christian, uh, that maybe not up to snuff in the interior and whatnot. But I think they ultimately come out with the win and uh, win going away there in the fourth quarter. All right. I, I think Ohio State wins the football game. I think 17 points a lot, especially week one. Remember, 
back to last year, Ohio State struggled a lot against teams like Notre Dame that can be physical at the line of scrimmage. It's just not Ohio State's forte. If Notre Dame can hold up with three, four guys at the line of scrimmage defensively and have seven in coverage, I think it can make things miserable a little bit, uh, at least in the first half for Stroud. So I think probably win the game by 14, a couple touchdowns there, which still, I mean, 35-21 to 21 win over Notre Dame is a good way to start the season, right? I just I don't see them beating them by 17 points. So I'm, I'm going to go with Notre Dame with the spread. I think Ohio State wins the football game. All right, we've been hyping it up since we found out the news. Kevin Thomas has had the ball in his court now for like a week, and he hasn't decided to take advantage of it. So when we come back for the final segment of second down, we will reveal who Kevin Thomas's favorite football team is here on the show. It's been the, the most deep, dark, closely guarded secret in the history of this company. And since this company is no longer going to exist come 6 o'clock today, we're burning it down. And we're exposing Kevin's secret. Cody, if you want to hang out and do it with us, you are more than welcome to. But we got to go to break. We'll come back. Final segment of second down. Oh, PJ's got something. Really insanely quick. I'm sorry. Go. In typical I was radio- like, I was in like, yeah, I was I know, like singing I know. there. I, was yeah, like, I mean, that, that was-, was beautiful. In typical radio fashion, um, there's in typical radio fashion, there, there's kind of a radio emergency right now for, for me. Okay. I have to leave. So. This is my last segment with you guys. I want to thank Who you guys. This man? I, I know it's terrible, but I was basically told, "Hey, you have to leave so that Three and Out can stay full staffed for their full show," which I understand. But I, I, I gotta, I gotta leave. Uh, thank you guys for everything. Love both of you, and uh, I, I will tell you guys how much you mean to me um, off the off the show. But as for now, love you guys, and thank you so much for having me on, Christian. It's been a hell of a time and an honor, and everyone listening. They're not lying when they say we, we, we do it for y'all, and we appreciate all the kind words that you guys have said to us over the past uh, few weeks. We appreciate y'all a lot. Thank you so much. I can't wait to listen to the last segment. And PJ and I are not done uh, with you guys. We'll have more on True. that coming True. soon. But we got to go to break because we have to come back and roast Kevin next. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio, coming back for the final, final segment ever of Second Down. And the most just serendipitous turn of events we could have had PJ Zuko has to leave. And so the way it started is the way it ends. Myself and Cody Queen on the air, taking you here into the depths. I told him earlier, Cody, this is our Viking funeral. We had someone, we, we are laying down on a boat that's got just a lot of sticks on it, a lot of logs, and someone shooting a firing arrow, and we are currently burning, and our ship is about to sink. This is our Viking funeral. So as we have 50 seconds left here, I gave Kevin Thomas every opportunity in the world to come out and admit who he is a fan of. The ball has been in his court for a while now since we found out the news. The ball has been in his court. He has done nothing about it. So I'm going to bring on whistleblower Cody now to inform the world who Kevin Thomas, who's been in your ear for over a decade, and so you can finally see where all of his slants and opinions are coming from. Pools for on Saturday. Cody, you want to reveal it for us here? Louisiana Polytech. I'm just playing. It's Valdosta State, man, this guy. No, Cody, it's not. It's Georgia Tech. Kevin's a oh, yeah, Georgia right. Tech he fan. State. He He's went... a Georgia Tech fan. I'd be embarrassed, too. He even tried to hide yeah. it from me. He went to Valdosta State, but damn it, he claims Georgia Tech. Kevin's ain't nothing but a nasty yellow jacket. Kevin Thomas, Georgia Tech fan. 